and pops is my dad frank Beccarello. thanks sweetie and thank you for tuning into episode 107 of spinning my dad's vinyl we now return to one of my favorite composers he wrote scores of movie and tv soundtracks with some of them still being used to this day and his music has a definite sound to let you know just who that composer arranger was so get ready to hear jazz arranged by a guy who was once with glenn miller tex benneke band with volume 107 big band mancini Henry Mancini and his orchestra with The Cat, written by Lalo Schifrin. 
The Cat, which won a Grammy for Schifrin as the best jazz composition of 1964, achieves a fast, up-tempo blues groove that provides solo outlets for Jimmy Rawls, Ted Nash, Pete Condoli, and Plaz Johnson. Now, I like it when each song has a little blurb in the liner notes, and I'll be using them to tell you about each tune. Okay, why this record for this episode? Well, like I said in the opening, Henry Mancini is one of my favorite composers and arrangers. Even if he didn't write the song, his interpretations are easily recognizable as being from him. There's something about his instrumentation and arrangements that just scream Mancini. And you'll be able to tell on this record since only one of the songs I'll be playing was penned by him. My dad must have really liked him as well since he owned eight albums by Mancini. And speaking of a tune he arranged but didn't write, the next song provides a warm melodic medium for the trombone of Dick Nash and for some of Mancini's most compelling orchestration as he lends his very personal touch to the Johnny Mandel melody from The Sandpiper. Thank you. 
The Shadow of Your Smile, written by Johnny Mandel and Paul Francis Webster. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Henry Mancini and his orchestra, Mancini 67, the big band sound of Henry Mancini. It's on the RCA Victor label, number LSP3694. It's a vinyl LP album stereo format, and it's an Indianapolis pressing. It was released in 1967. Its genre is jazz, stage, and screen, and its style is big band. And as far as I can tell, this album might have been recorded New Year's Day, 1967, and then released in February. Now, I had a really hard time picking out the music for this show. This is a really great album. I wanted to play Cherokee, especially since it had a Hogan's Heroes connection, but there was a monster skip in that song, and I couldn't correct it. So we'll be playing eight of the 12 songs on this record. There are a ton of liner notes on the back cover, so I will highly edit them. That Hank Mancini has an exceptional gift for creating lovely and enduring melodies need hardly be explained to anyone who has been exposed to such examples as Moon River, Charade, Dear Heart, and Days of Wine and Roses. Nor should it be necessary to point out to anyone who possesses a TV set plus a dollar for a neighborhood movie that any writer who can swing from Peter Gunn to Breakfast at Tiffany's, The Pink Panther, and The Great Race is not only a songwriter, but also a creator of masterfully variegated background scores. And talking about Mancini, the term background scores seems slightly inept since their success as best-selling records has brought them into the foreground in millions of homes. Yet, as Mancini points out, quote, I've done so many other types of albums in the past few years that a lot of people may not realize what a strong affinity I still have for the big band sound, unquote. Those liner notes were written by Leonard Feather. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. Highest at $11, lowest at $1.99. For a $5.68 average and a $5.35 median, it was last sold on Discogs.com November 6, 2022 for $6.99. Now, my dad's record is in poor condition. Lots of hiss and crackle, although some songs are cleaner than others. Plus that one big skip in Cherokee. What a great tune. The cover is in fair condition. Definitely worn out, but intact. There's no tears in the seams like many of his albums have. Plus, no address label or green magic marker with the word posted on the back cover. So, I will value my dad's vinyl at a buck. Okay, I now have two in a row for you. First, Conquest from the 20th Century Fox picture Captain from Castile is a movie theme by Alfred Newman, who said Hank, quote, was one of my favorite composers even before I started writing for pictures and, incidentally, still is, unquote. Note the trumpet work of Pete Condoli, the brilliant use of the reed section, and the French horns and Spurling's driving percussion. Thank you. 
spinning my dad's vinyl.
Autumn Nocturne, written by Josef Miro and Kim Gannon. This is a popular standard vintage 1941. I was thinking of the great old record by Claude Thornhill when I scored this, says Mancini. Woven into the score are notable solos by Jimmy Rawls, Jack Sheldon, Ted Nash, Sean Alto Sax, Larry Bunker on Vives, and Plas Johnson. Okay, let's hear a little more about our featured artist, Henry Mancini. Mancini was born April 16, 1924 in Little Italy, a Cleveland suburb not very far from where my dad was born. He grew up in the mill town of West Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. His father began teaching him piccolo and flute at age 8. He started playing piano at 12. Henry and his steelworker father Quinto played flute together and the Aliquippa Sons of Italy band. He also played in various combos and groups at Italian weddings and learned all the standards of the time. When the big bands hit the radio, Mancini decided he wanted to become an arranger. Seeing his son's interest, Quinto set up his son with arranging lessons from Max Adkins, the concertmaster of the Stanley Theater. Mancini, in his autobiography, credits Adkins as the most important influence of my life. Adkins also influenced two other very successful Pittsburgh musicians, Billy Strayhorn and Joshua Feldman, or Jerry Fielding. Adkins encouraged Henry to pursue his musical studies. After graduating from high school in 1942, Mancini attended Carnegie Institute of Technology in Pittsburgh. Adkins introduced Mancini to Benny Goodman, who encouraged Henry to move to New York. Henry followed Goodman's advice and moved to New York to study at Juilliard School of Music. Mancini's studies were interrupted when he was drafted into the United States Army in 1943. As an infantryman, he participated in the liberation of a German concentration camp. During the war, Mancini transferred from infantry to the Army Band and worked with singer Tony Martin and others. In 1946, after the war, Mancini became a pianist and arranger for the Glenn Miller Orchestra, which was led, at that time, by Tex Beneke. He also continued his study of composition, counterpoint, harmony, and orchestration studying with two acclaimed composers. Working with the Miller Band, he met singer Ginny O'Connor and married her in 1947. The couple moved to Los Angeles, and Henry became a freelance arranger and musician. He worked on radio shows, played in studio sessions, and took on orchestration and conducting jobs. Mancini recorded over 90 albums in styles ranging from big band to light classical to pop. Eight of these albums were certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. He had a 20-year contract with RCA Victor, resulting in 60 commercial record albums that made him a household name among artists of easy-listening music. Mancini was nominated for 72 Grammy Awards and won 20. He was nominated for 18 Academy Awards and won four. He also won a Golden Globe Award and was nominated for two Emmy Awards. He died June 14, 1994 of pancreatic cancer at the age of 70. Next up is a cover from one of my dad's and my favorite groups and one you hear often on this show. Tijuana Taxi, familiar to all Herb Alpert fans, takes off into the Mexican streets with Bob banging on guitar and Larry Bunker on marimba. Pete Condoli plays the trumpet solo, and Hank wants you to know that the taxi horn effect was played by none other than Mancini himself. And I really love how gentle this version starts out.
Now there's an interesting version of Tijuana Taxi, written by Bud Coleman. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with a couple more of the cameos Mancini made in film and TV. In an earlier episode of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl, I told you about him as a caller into the Frasier Crane radio show. He also made a live appearance in an animated short. In the 1966 Pink Panther cartoon, Pink Plunk Plink, the Panther commandeered an orchestra and proceeded to conduct Mancini's theme for the series. At the end, the shot switched to a rare live action, and Mancini was seen alone applauding in the audience. Mancini also made a brief appearance in the title sequence of 1993's Son of the Pink Panther, allowing the Panther to conduct Bobby McFerrin in performing the film's theme tune. If you've never seen that movie, at least check out those opening credits on YouTube. It's a lot of fun, just like all the openings of the Pink Panther movies are. Okay, we've got two more in a row here, starting out with one originally done by Eric Burden and the Animals. The House of the Rising Sun, a hit originally associated with that rock and roll group, this selection offers another resounding example of Mancini's ability to create and build a mood as it mounts to a massive ensemble sound. After the bass flute introduction, the solo in the first chorus is taken by Vincent DeRosa on French horn. Plas Johnson again has a tenor solo, and this piece was written by Alan Price.
spinning my dad's vinyl. There's a popular jazz tune for you. 
Round Midnight, written by Bernie Hannigan, Cootie Williams, and Thelonious Monk. This Thelonious Monk standard, introduced on record in 1944 by Cootie Williams' band, opens with a poignant, unaccompanied statement of the theme by Jack Sheldon. Gently, gradually, he is joined by Bob Bain, Ray Brown, and the brushwork of Sperling. Jimmy Rawls and Ted Nash complete the first chorus. Sheldon returns for the final statement. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This album was a joy to listen to several times as I prepared it for this episode, and I may have listened a few more times than normal. I wasn't kidding when I said I had a hard time picking out tunes for this show. If you get a chance to grab this album or listen to some of the music on it, make sure you check out Cherokee and the Quincy Jones pen tune, Stockholm Sweetenin'. And I'm sure it's true that Henry Mancini's music has been a part of almost everyone's lives. So let's finish with the only song on this record written by Hank. This is a Mancini original that sets the sax section against the lower depths of the trombones, along with the so-called fuzz guitar effects by Bob Bain. The attractive minor mode theme with its 6-8 rhythmic touch also displays some Plas Johnson on tenor sax and brilliant splashes of color from the whole brass section.
song by the name of Turtles, written by Henry Mancini. And there you have selections from one of the greatest 20th century composers that ever lived. So thanks for tuning into Volume 107, Big Band Mancini, however you do. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 108, Tango King. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. (laughs) ¶¶